Welcome to FPRL episode four. This is the Gold Sox runner-up edition. Uh, just like the Gold Sox returning to the Premier League, we didn't think that this episode would happen either. But it's good to be back. Come carry the manager of the Buckhead Bowties, joined by TJ, manager of the Toledo Titans. TJ, good to have you on. Good to have you on. No. Taken a while to get this actually finished. It did, and that's that's that's, uh, that's mostly my fault. But we're going to play some catch up with some different things here, and uh, we're going to start off with the 2019 season recap. Um, 2019, we again ran two midseason cups. With um, you want to talk about the uh, the lower division cup? I forgot what we actually call that. The Americana Cup. The Ameri- how important it is. The Americana <laughs> Cup. Um, and one cool twist that we had this year was the bracket predictions, NCAA March Madness style, uh, which Tyler won, <clears throat> I believe. Um, but TJ, why don't you take us through the Americana Cup and how that finished? Well, right from the get-go, no real Premier League teams got into the Americana Cup after the group stage. The only one was Atlanta. Atlanta's the only team that failed to get through the group stage. They finished in third behind Capital District in Group F, so they dropped down to the Americana Cup. Nothing really exciting going down. Atlanta got all the way to the semifinal where they fell to Chicago, the mini, mini Hawks in uh, Chicago there. They fell to Atlanta two games to one. The championship was Kingston against the Chicago Hawks, two longtime 3L teams that really have done nothing ever. So good for Chicago to get to win their second Americana Cup appearance championship. And in the USBA Cup, the Champions Cup, uh, we saw my bow ties play for some silverware for the first time just to be utterly destroyed by the bullies of the Premier League, of the USBA in general. Uh, Brooklyn locked up their third straight cup, is that yep. correct? And I think it's third straight. It, I believe it is, it is their third straight cup uh, in the finals, completely dismantling my squad, 17-2, 17-1, um, giving, them <laughs> their, giving them their eighth straight trophy. Uh, we're not, not really much to talk about there. Uh, hey, there was a good run by you, though. Happy to, ha- happy, to Chicago in the semis. Happy to be playing, happy to be playing for the finals. Um, it was interesting. I had a lot of players that... Just it just microcosm of my season. A bunch of guys showed up and played really well in the cup, and then underperformed in the season uh, when it actually mattered. Uh, moving on to working our way up from the bottom here, uh, the ML. How did how did the ML finish? Give us the top five. I honestly don't know the top five. <laughs> I oh, know, um, uh, I, th- I thought you, I forgot you. I thought you had the standings in front of you. No. I, don't, I can't find the standings unless they're in an almanac somewhere. But I know Richardson City ended up taking the cake first place. They won by a lot. The promotion final, if I can recall correctly, I was actually on vacation, so I don't really remember. Um, it's pimp somewhere, I thought. All right. Best part is we can always edit this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot about the almanac. Yeah, because I haven't I haven't looked at it, uh, but yeah, Richard, Richardson City really ran away from ran away with things. They were clearly the class of the ML. Uh, Imran has done a great job building that building that franchise, putting it on solid ground, and uh, they're going to be a team that could pull the double promotion and 
really be in at least the top half of the SL going forward. Uh, so they went up, and then they were joined by Lone Star. Um, Lone Star, who makes that jump. No, they were joined by uh, Nova. Nova, oh, Virginia. All right, yeah, so Nova, the longtime, longtime Silver League franchise um, going up. But we'll have to do some work to, uh, to stay up, uh, unlike Richardson City, who in my opinion is probably a lock, uh, a lock to join um, or to stay up in the SL. They uh, have a – Northern Virginia has a really nice prospect, Roberto Salazar. It's his second full season. He's rated by OSAs in nine contact, seven gap. He's 20 years old. One of those Moran types just came out of nowhere. Yeah, he is I a stud. For him. Yeah, he is a stud, and I'm on, I'm on his page right now. Um, he's been up since he was 18. Really interesting. He OSA was always high on him. Um Signed a minor league contract back in '15. I'm pretty sure it was the guy that his scout found, and it wasn't. Really? What a pickup then. Yeah, it wasn't even an IFA guy, um, but they may they may have to they may have to flip him to fill some other holes. Uh, it'll be really interesting how they use him because center field is a position that is very shallow in the PL outside of Jones for Boston. Um, so yep. it'll be interesting to see how they how they use a player like that. Do they flip him into maybe two starters, <clears throat> or what they do going forward? But a very easy prototypical center fielder doesn't have a lot of power, good contact, very fast, and his defense will continue to improve in the in the SL. He's a good guy to watch. They have so. uh, something I've noticed from these teams coming up too, which is good for the league. A lot of young starting rotations. Like if you look at uh, Richardson City. They have a very young starting rotation. That guy's 21, he's 24, 22 years old, 26, and 30. So their top three guys are all under 22, 24. They're all under 24. Yeah, uh, you, I mean, you can tell uh, Imran knows what he's doing, knows how to build a team, uh, and I would be very surprised if they aren't a perennial, if when they do work their way into the Premier League that they're not, uh, a very strong and stable franchise for many years to come. Um, you know, when he talks about the, I've learned a lot just listening to him talk talk about the game and his some of his different strategies. Um, huge asset for the league. So moving on to the SL, uh, the SL, the unthinkable happened. The Gold Sox finally broke through, um, and they actually they put the ban hammer to anybody that was even close to them this year. Really ran, ran away, away with it. ran away with it. They were the class of the SL, um, followed by Casey um, defeated uh, North New Amsterdam in a crucial game five of the ser- of the promotion series ten to one. That's correct. The SL this year, up. the SL this year was interesting. There was Gold Sox. I think they were in a tier by themselves at the top. Uh, clearly, the most dominant franchise this year. And then ACKC, very, very good team. Um, Andy's done a good job with them as well. I think they were in a tier by themselves, and then it was kind of everybody else, where if ACKC wouldn't have won the promotion series, it would have been an absolute crime uh, because I think they're going to come in and probably be mid-table in in the PL if they can add a little bit of starting pitching depth. Yeah, I, I look at Athletic Club Kansas City and – 
offense might be a problem. They have a lot of power guys like Chris Rice and uh, Ramon Sousa, but not a lot of contact hitting. They can strike out a lot. Nobody over five, over a five contact rating. The, the offense should be good. Ortega, or Roberto Ortega, he's getting a little old, but I think he can still be a good control pitcher. And then uh, Tovard Gearston, probably pronounce that. My Dutch guy, but he's in the World Cup. He He's going to be a good pitcher, too, in the Premier League. He already played with Louis once. Holy smokes, did Roberto Ortega regress this offseason? Yeah, he's, he's getting up there in age. Same thing's going down with Mata. His velocity's going down. Yeah. Um, it reminds me of uh, who's the pitcher from Lexington? Was he also Ortega? The the, uh, great, the great pitcher, and he's throwing like 78 at the end. Yeah, I can probably find him, the free agent. He's probably asking for a minor league contract. Yeah, he was. And he he's an all-time winning, he was an all-time winning pitcher at one point. Yeah. Um, but yeah, ACKC, I think that in the Premier League, I think they stay up. Uh, but yeah, not in a couple injuries right now. They only have three starters listed. Um, and don't have that front line. I don't think you can put Ortega as a front line ace anymore after that regression that took place. I think Houston, they have a lot of, they have three good number twos. Michael Battle is probably more like a number three, but they have a decent rotation. Yeah, Gearson, Gearson definitely will be a solid Premier League pitcher. The fact that he has four pitches that are all sevens, uh, at least according to my scout, uh, will definitely bode well for him. See, the pitch thing, the, it's interesting to me because I have I have a pitcher, Lou Meadows is his name. He has all pitches that are all sixes and sevens, right? Yeah. But he's a five three five in normal pitching stats. So I, I, I'm interested to see how much the pitch rating actually has on the overall pitcher. Yeah, there's. I've heard discussions both ways on that, and it's tough to know really what goes into the the player's overall performance. We can't see what goes on in the engine. because because it, it definitely is. I agree with that as well. Uh, but it's really tough because even if you have a, even if you say you have ten guys over the course of a career, that's still an extremely small sample where we don't really know what goes in. And obviously, better to have, um, better to have the high pitch rating than the low pitch rating. Um, I thought it was a really interesting discussion that we had a couple of years ago about two pitch pitchers. Um, and still going strong. Still, we got some guys still going strong. Didn't didn't. Uh, Ellis for Boston, didn't he kind of fall off the map, or is he still? Well, who is the two-pitch guy for Boston? But, uh, yeah, Edward Ellis. I got him I got him in the offseason last year, okay. and he did absolutely terrible for me. He had like a 10 ERA after a full season. But Hinton, Hinton, uh, Hinton did but well, Devin though. Hinton, he's a two-pitch pitcher. He went 260 ERA for me, 146 ERA plus. He's my ace. Yeah, still. 166 innings pitch, too, so I don't know about them. Yeah, well, he's a small sample there as well, but something interesting to watch going forward. Uh, moving on to the PL, just because it is our league and there's the, the PL bias, ESPN has the East Coast bias, uh, we do the PL bias just because... What's there even to talk about? Brooklyn and that's pretty much it. Yeah, so there's just a quick, quick, quick rundown. Uh, Brooklyn was... Best team, uh, wasn't really close. Tom Wilcox is somehow uh, getting better as he ages. 
world may never know. In this, right. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys in the uh, the early 2000s that were getting better as they approached 42. His potential contact rating improved from an 8 to a 12. That's <laughs> absurd. He's going to hit 700. Um, I think later there may be some scandals involved with uh, with Wilcox. Um, is it juicing? That may come out. I think I think that's the only reasonable conclusion here. Um, yeah, Brooklyn ran away with it again. They won their second straight Shield, third straight uh, Grand Championship, third second straight Shield, third straight Cup. Uh, won all the hardware lately. Uh, rounding out the playoffs was Cali. Um, Ian's done an incredible job to get them in contention. Losing to Boston in the first round of the playoffs. And then... And then there's Atlanta at fourth, which ended up finishing 500. Right. Which interesting. Which then was... after Atlanta, well, was a ton of teams separated by about a game. There's Toledo in fifth, Louisville in sixth, Grafton in seventh, and then Buckhead in eighth. Then the two Demodes, Lexington fell to Buckhead in the promotion between the relegation series, and then Phoenix got... Auto-relegated with like 20-something wins, 30-something wins. Yeah, Matt definitely burned the house down and uh, looked for them to be back. Maybe not next year, but probably the year after to really get their house in order and make another shot at the Premier League. Uh, Some lessons to be learned from this Premier League. That Lesson number one for me is that the teams that are at the top are way ahead of everybody else right now. Uh, I don't, I can't see any situation where the playoffs are not Brooklyn, Cali, Boston in that order next year. Um, The only thing I can think of is California does not have a lot of depth. They don't have a lot of depth for pitching whatsoever. So I guess a couple of the starters go down. Somebody can sneak in there maybe. Yeah, that's true. Uh, That's about it though. And then the other, the other big lesson that I learned the hard way, I ended up surviving, uh, but in the 108-game season, really some weird things can happen. Uh, Atlanta can be 500 when they really had no business being close to 500. And or I probably should have been a 500 club over 108 games. You can get lose some close ones. Some different things can happen. And who you think is a safe mid-table team, uh, because it is so competitive and it's so tight, especially in the middle of the table, you can find yourself playing for relegation very easily. Uh, things happen very quickly. And I think that, and we'll get to this in the, the uh, prediction side of things at the end here, but I think it's go- going to be a very similar PL next year with a lot of teams just scratching and clawing for every win there uh, between ACKC, AC, Atlanta, uh, Buckhead, Chicago, Grafton. Toledo and Louisville, where it's going to come down. If you have a, if you can have a good Pythag record, you're going to stay up. If you don't, probably going to go down. Pretty much. That's obviously not all that goes into it, but it's definitely a big part. Yeah, because we do play, uh, we do play a smaller season, and uh, things like that have been known to happen. <sighs> all right, here we're going to take a quick break. We will be back with uh, with Ian. He's going to talk about the Ocean Liner's chances coming up next.
welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you coming on. I appreciate being here. Thanks. Ian, you've taken your team from started off in the ML, gained back-to-back promotions, and flipped a roster, which is, I think, the most impressive thing that anybody has done in the USBA. You flipped a roster with no talent uh, at the at the end of the 2017 season uh, into a roster that has competed very well in the Premier League uh, the last two seasons, including finishing runner-up to Brooklyn uh, in 2019. Uh, take us a little bit through that process and highlight a couple key moves that made all the difference besides robbing me in the downing trade, which is my fault. Let's not talk about that. Yeah, yeah, that's a pretty big part, too. Uh, so I made a, quite a few trades with Louisville over the years. I got Rojas and Gordon in that first trade, and that opened me up to get um, to get uh, Yama, not Yamamoto, um, Wilkins and 2G and maybe even down and I have to check the trade history and um, a lot of trades with Reed. He doesn't trade as much anymore though, which got me like Yamamoto and um, I think that led to Pittman. So I got a lot of my rotation from just trading with two guys. Um, my offense... Uh, let me say, I'm trying to get some history right, right here. Tim Hargrove, the uh, uh, do you guys remember him from the 26 home runs? And uh, he was the side note of the Wilkins trade. So he just so he just came out of nowhere. Turned out very well for you. Yeah. yeah. Plus defensively and plus power. Yeah, I don't. I wasn't expecting this. He was just kind of a side note to John Wilkins. He's from Michigan too. There's a lot of good Michigan players in this league. I'm sorry. Unlike, yes. unlike real life. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Neely is well, from, from farming. I mean, Rochester Hills. Silver's from Detroit. There you go. No, Traver- Traverse City. No. Second baseman. And Dyer and Dyer's from Traverse City. Oh, there. See. There you go. Just draft Michigan players. Okay, you can talk again. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, um, there's only one player on my entire ro- I think on my entire roster that's actually been here since 2015. I've traded everybody else and acquired about $90 million in debt, but oh, let's not talk about that. <laughs> oh, we'll get yeah. to that. We'll get to yeah. that. Don't worry. <laughs> so that, that, that brings me to my next question. Obviously, on the field, you're putting out a tremendous product. Uh, you should be competitive this year. Almost a lock, a, a, probably an absolute lock to get in the top three, um, and even in 2021, should still be in a great position. Now, going forward, uh, you definitely have uh, a massive debt hanging around your ball club um, that even the U.S. government thinks is is impressive. Uh, so, kind of how how did that happen? And do you have any plans on how to deal with that, or will the, um, or will the ocean liners just eventually turn into the Titanic over time? Are they going to turn into Hartford? Because that's I think where you're going. It's Hartford. Well, I tried to file for Chapter Ten, for Chapter Eleven bankruptcy, but that didn't—they didn't really let me. <laughs> they should have helped you. Yeah. I just want like help. It worked for so, it worked. It worked for Donald Trump. It should work for you. It worked for Detroit. It worked for the city of Detroit. Yeah, you said so. So I have no clue how I got here with my with my projections. I guess I just wasn't looking at it at all. Uh, you can't get lost. Yeah, I was. Yeah, I was, uh, let me say, 
Uh, I can't deal with this out of the park baseball 16. Uh, so last year I, um, I thought I was going to be about like, okay. I had like 19 million in extensions, but then I, uh, lost, let me see, uh, almost $50 million in one season. And that will probably only get worse and worse and worse knowing that Ma- that Mata is probably going to start collecting social security soon. So, um, well, you, you only have him for two more years. I'm on your salary page right now. Uh, oh, I thought it was three. Well, yes, yeah. th- this year, this year, then two years going yeah, forward. Yeah, the contract turned over. Yeah. That kind of confused me too. And uh, yeah, and looks like you have 211 million dollars on the books for this year, and then in 22 <laughs> you have 220 million dollars on the books. Yeah, absolutely. Unless John Downing um, doesn't take his player option. Which he Wait. probably won't. But who knows if the AI is that he, that good? He shouldn't. Yeah. But yeah, like absolutely no one's leaving in the next two seasons, and Downing would be the only person leaving for um for twenty twenty two if he does. For Wentworth and uh, Garcia, which I'm assuming you declined the Garcia option. Yeah. Probably Wentworth too. You're gonna at that point. I think by two thousand and twenty two, you're gonna be maybe mid table. Premier League, you might yeah. just want to shed salary at all costs at that point. Yeah, I, my goal is probably like by twenty, by twenty twenty two, twenty twenty three, just like try to like stay on the outskirts of the of the Premier League by then. So because if you can get out of debt while staying in the Premier League, whether it would be tough, but that's probably the goal. Yeah, I mean, worst with a budget. Worst comes to worst, it doesn't really seem like. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen, but it doesn't really seem like I would like fall into the like the third league or anything like that, unless I just, like, completely take off, which I'm not going to do now. You might run into a buckhead problem where you need to get demoted to make your budget go up. Yeah. Kind of like what Kerry did a couple years ago when he dropped down to that cell. Didn't you have problems with your budget? Yeah, it was it was just going down 5 to $8 million every year, and it was going to crush me eventually. So I decided to go down, press restart, and then come back up. Uh, but I'll tell you what, yet I wouldn't I wouldn't put anything past you though because you do still have some assets um, that you know, if you flip those into younger players, it'll be it'll be really interesting to watch uh, what does happen. Um, just because we haven't really seen anyone build a team quite like you have, uh, so before it is, it'll be a good storyline, and uh, we'll see if you can squeeze a trophy out of it before it it does blow up if it blows yeah. up. Yeah, I'm just trying to win for 20, 2020. Hopefully I can just get something out of that. And then if I just win one thing, I'm probably going to just stop. Before before you leave, let's talk about the trade that went down. When me, or, me and Carrie were filming the, when we were recording the beginning of the episode, you sent me Bert Booth for a second rounder and some prospects. Yep. That we talked about for like three days. Yeah. Back and, back and forth and back and forth. Which, uh, we were talking to Tyler earlier, and he said, it's, I think it's the most low-key trade you've ever made. Uh, I'd say that too, probably. It doesn't involve any studs, it involves a ton of, it involves Booth and then a ton of mid-level yeah. prospects. Well, I did make that trade for three fifth-rounders and gave up 12 international prospects that, like, meant nothing to Lone Star. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I, the one that, hey, I gave you Ingo Van Ham. Yeah. Legend. Tyler robbed me on that trade. I gave him a second rounder for freaking Van Ham. Van <laughs> Yeah, isn't that terrible? Oh my god. I didn't know it was that bad, though. No, it was, it was bad. He, he chipped me. He, uh, he's even listening right now, I think. Yeah, he's sitting there listening. 
So, Ian, Ian, last question for you. Um, how does uh, the increased stability in the league, we've got more managers, better managers, uh, less people that will probably be taken for a ride. And I, I don't blame you. If I was smart enough to do it, I would have too. Um, but you definitely yeah. benefited from um, maybe some, some new managers, really winning some landslide trades. And we mentioned earlier on the podcast about how that's getting tougher and tougher to do just because uh, overall quality of managers has gone way up. How does that impact your team-building strategy going forward, knowing that you're probably not going to pull off a lot of highway robbery from this point on? Well, that means that I really, like, I can't get much better than this anymore. Like, with my Silver League team, there were, like, there was less consistency, so sometimes I could get away with, like, some steal, like, Remember the um, the old uh, SC. Uh, I was just about to say that you got yeah. Hurst and Kirby Brown for nobody. Yeah. Well, and then that, yeah, dude, that dude that dude like quit the next day. Yeah, he did. Look what you did. <laughs> you know, the guy so bad he made him quit. Come on. And I was like, oh, I really hope you you stay in the league. You're like such a cool guy because we were like talk, talking afterwards, and he just leaves the next day. But yeah, how how do you think that affects you going forward, though, without being able... Because I've noticed it's a lot tougher to make trades in this league. Yeah, a lot tougher. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's just like I'm not really going to get any better. There's not really anything I can do about it. I mean, maybe with that new second and stuff, and um, Picot and stuff like that, maybe I can get something else. But there's no real way to get any better now. You're going to have to go full fire sale at one point. Can be yeah. The option. But yeah, yeah, you can't really tell. But yeah, I'm thinking about that too. So, Ian, before we let you go, uh, we're asking everybody that comes on today. I need a 2020 Ocean Liners prediction. Need a win total. Hmm. Uh. Well. Uh, it's so hard to do this stuff, but uh. Well, I'm trying to win it all, so I'm just gonna say I'm just gonna hope for the best and 91. say 91. We need a win number, man. Uh, well, one seventy-five, seventy something this year, right? Yeah, seventy-five. So maybe I think you'll be I'm, right around there again. Yeah, I'm saying I'm gonna guess. Oh, I'm gonna say seventy-seven. Two yeah. more wins. Book it. Seventy-seven. Yep. All righty. Appreciate having you on. I appreciate being here. Thanks. Talk to you soon. Come on. All right, Tyler, welcome to FPRL. Good to have you on here. Thanks for having me. Tyler, your, your team finished uh, finished third overall in the standings, was able to get by Cali and lose to longtime blood rival Brooklyn in the PLGC. Uh, how would you rate your team's season? Uh, this is our worst season since the inaugural season, so like a six, maybe five and a half. Out of 10. And you, your team's been 
uh, for a while was the most successful franchise. Um, Brooklyn winning eight trophies in a row has probably slid past that. Um, so what are some of the moves you were able to make uh, to keep Boston on top? Uh, we look to the top of the table every year, and at least for the next couple of years going forward, we're definitely going to see the Dodgers and the Patriots up there. So how were you able to do that? Um, well, it's actually something you said one recently. When you look at young guys, draft picks, it's definition. That's that's pretty much how you do that. It's ammunition to acquire talent that's either ready now or you know just about to be ready. And a lot of times, I I don't think I've ever really drafted or signed and developed a guy besides like Chambers. I usually once they get close, I'll trade them off for something that's even better. Like I did, uh, I've done a few times at least. I don't know. I ne- I swear I've never really I've never really developed a guy fully and had him play for me, except for Bill Chambers. Yeah, I agree with that philosophy. And, uh, you know, we've seen we've seen two different strategies to be up there. Um, Troy's had two excellent draft picks with Elliott and and Hines that have really worked out well for him. And uh, yeah. Ian, Ian's kind of done the same thing, where he's just using players as currency and basically acting as a, as a day trader to make small gains here and there. Um, it's just <laughs> It's exactly right. We've seen that to make their way up to the PL. Uh, I've, I've employed the strategy of sitting tight, trying to develop more guys, and uh, it's worked very poorly. Uh, so going forward, uh, you have a you have some young talent, and then some guys that might maybe phasing out. Um, without giving away all your trade secrets here, what what are you looking to do to keep the club? Uh, long-term at the top? Well, right now, I've had the best offense for a few seasons now, and pretty much the only thing close for me is more offense. So I have to figure out how to turn all these young hitters into some young pitchers, which is which is kind of what the, the Red Sox in real life have, and I, I'm trying to figure that out. And it's difficult because everyone loves their pitchers, especially the young ones. I mean, there's a few old guys you can, you can get. But, yeah, I really want some more young compliments to go with Lewis and Reynolds and Caldero that can carry me for hopefully a, a little while. Cause I, I don't really see this team decaying, getting old soon. I have a few old guys, Villarreal and Fernandez and Roy Robb. And, you know, they're pretty key players, but I think we can survive when they're gone. So I really just want to have a few more pitchers, starters mostly, that – can really help us become a more complete team rather than just a mostly offense with some pitching kind of team. Absolutely. Have, have that well-rounded attack that you really need because the top of the PL is very cutthroat. Uh, with the, the level of the league going up as far as manager involvement, we have every time I'm in the chat, you know, I'm, what people do for their jobs in this league and stuff that people can do technology wise. Like there's a lot of smart, smart people um, that we have in the USBA and people are starting to make better decisions. It's going to be tough to depend on absolutely robbing someone in a trade to stay on top. Um, yeah, one thing I've noticed recently is that tr- the trade market has gotten a lot more realistic. 
not, it's not just everybody dealing people left and right, people looking for dope. You can't rob people blind anymore. Uh, I, think yeah, I, think the, I was going to say, I think for the first time in a long time, I've had a trade where I think I lost. And I'm not talking about just equal trades, but I made a trade with um, Lion Panda. His name is Andrew. Was the was LS, now it's Montana. And I sent him, oh, who the hell was it? Uh, Leonard O'Connor. And I just, for some reason, I I swear, sometimes I'll, I'll like a guy, and then the next day I'll hate a guy. And for some reason, I hated him when I traded him. The next day, I was like, why the hell did I do that? He's a really good hitter. And he's young, and he's under team control for uh, at least a while. He's not does not a big contract at all. And I'm pretty sure I lost that trade. I was pretty mad <laughs> the day after I did it. But, yeah, so that just shows you. I think that's a huge positive for the league uh, to not have those massive landslide trades in one yeah. person's favor. And I, I think part of that comes from the unique setup of the league where early on we were still feeling some things out and didn't know how to the promotion, the relegation, what guys would do at different levels. There's a lot of moving parts, which makes the league so fun for me. Um, but people are starting to kind of figure out the ebbs and the flows of the league, at least your managers that are uh, that are performing well. And the point of the league pretty much is go down to the 3-0 gets all the talent. Well, you look at Richardson City, the newest promotee into the Silver League, they have nobody over 31 in their starting lineup and nobody over 30 in their rotation. So a lot of good young teams. Yeah, they've done a great job drafting and developing and trading for young guys. Definitely. Yeah, and initiating some, some very good deals. And then they have uh, the – always joked about with the Astros, but people aren't going to be joking very long um, – the process. Uh, yeah. He has he has a process. He's sticking to it. Um, and as I've mentioned previously, I mean, they're, they're going to have a pretty uh, rock-solid foundation going forward. Oh, yeah, they look pretty set to uh... – Eat that SL up with all the the top two teams gone. Uh, not really strong teams coming down from the PL. I think they have a pretty good chance to get the double promo. I think it's going to be them in New Amsterdam the entire way. Probably. That's yeah. That'd be my pick too. Because I don't think Phoenix is really trying to compete next year. They're not, they're not trying to bounce right back. And Lexington has to get their house in order. They have some things. I definitely to... think. I definitely think Detroit is a really major dark horse. They have a good young team. They've kind of fallen under the radar. They've developed pretty well. I'm surprised. Detroit, they used to be that, like, a black hole of just terribleness in the PL for so long. Mm-hmm. They've gone down to the SL and they've developed guys pretty well. I'm surprised. Bart Lewis is a stud. 22 yeah, that's just like a ninth round pick. A ninth round pick, and he's like. Well, he's just, yeah, pick nine. Guys. Yeah, that's crazy. 275th overall yep. in that 2015 draft. So I think that's like a stud. Draft. Well, the big difference is that they have a consistent manager. Uh, Detroit yeah. Detroit was a revolving door of managers, and like our other clubs, we have people that are in place for two, three, four seasons now, and some, some good things are happening. Even the teams that are tanking, even the, the, the Panama City manager is on, and they've been just an absolute garbage pile of a franchise. They've done nothing. Um, and Brian's still on and you know, trying to get his club better, which I think is really cool. Are you aware that PJ is actually doing a trade as we speak? Yeah, I already told him about it. I just finalized it. Okay, yeah, I'm looking at it. 
We're gonna talk to Ian about that after you after you get off. All right, yeah, Tyler. Um, that's for him. That's one of the lowest trades he's probably ever. I mean, the lowest key trade he's ever made. Yeah, just a, I just Roman got. Trade studs. <laughs> yeah, I just got a reliever. Yeah, and, uh, and maybe a semi decent prospect in Ramos, and then I gave up. I gave up a kind of high ceiling guy in Leroy Picot. He he could turn into a back end starter in the Premier League, but then he really liked Lee, which kind of worries me because the scout's really good. But uh, Lee's a really a really good defensive player, but not a lot of contact. And he strikes out a lot, so I think he can even trade. It is the lowest key trade he's ever done. I think. Lee? Oh yeah, I'm not big on any of those guys. The second could be something. I don't know. But yeah, Booth is pretty solid. Yeah, I just needed a reliever. I'm trying not to go down. I think it might happen anyway, but eh. Yeah. I've been going back and forth on it for like three days. I think as long as a couple of your guys who really underperformed last year pick it up a notch. Depending I still don't on know what I'm doing with Roach either. Yeah. Not. I need a scout before I can do anything with Roach. So. Yeah, what, you're trading guys and you don't have your scout yet? What's up with that? Yeah, I'm just trusting what I say for this one. <laughs> and stats. Yeah, that. that's... No. That's not very smart normally, but, you know, maybe. You, from what I see, you didn't give up anything, really, so. We will we will see. We can talk to Ian about that in a second. All right, Tyler, appreciate you coming on. Before you go, uh, let's get a 2020 Boston Patriots win total out of you. I want to guarantee. Guarantee. Look, I definitely think we're going to be better because we had a lot of underperformers last season, like Toledo. Um, 74, I want to say. I think we'll, we'll definitely be better than, we'll definitely get in the 70s, I'm pretty sure. But we, we definitely underperformed this year, I believe. How many did you win last year? Or this year? Six. six. Eh, yeah, I don't think 70s is out of the question. All right. It's only and, a and last year, are you being... to get a deal for a starter at some point, though. Last yeah. year, are you, are you going to be Brooklyn? Um, let's see. They have primed out until, like, August. So I think it's good for the final honest. stretch. I think Am I going to beat them, though? Um, unless Wilcox and Sears get hit by the same bus at the same time. That'd be awesome. Really kind of the season. Uh, no, I still think they probably win the most games this season. Look at all that red what, on Wilcox's page. What is, your, what is your reaction to the uh, the rumors that I just started? That uh, Wilcox is leading a doping ring in Brooklyn. He's been he's been juicing. Oh, he's been juicing. Well, that doesn't surprise me. I don't know why the league office hasn't done anything about it yet. Hines Hines got a lot of that juice. I think most players on his team have the juice. Hines throws a knuckle curve now. Yeah, that's why does he throw a knuckle curve? I don't get that. He already has seven pitches. (laughs) He got another freaking pitch. He has a knuckle curve now. Wait, oh, how does great. That, guys, I haven't, maybe, how am I not paying that close attention, but I didn't realize guys could just show up with new pitches. Really? Yeah. yeah every now and then they develop one. Yeah. It's usually younger guys, though. Yeah. yeah. Well. I wish Hinton would develop another pitch. <laughs> not even fair. This, this guy, Hines, he's like literally the equivalent of Wilcox if Wilcox was a batter, or a pitcher, and much younger. He's only 21. And he went, yeah. he went 13th overall in that draft. I really, I didn't, I didn't really see him as anything that much in that draft. I wasn't when he picked him. I wasn't like, damn, that guy just got a great pick. I was like, okay, didn't really resound with me. But to to Troy's credit, he was on him immediately. Like even from this, from the second pick, he was saying that's who he'd take. 
Yeah, I remember him being really excited. When yeah, he, when he I, was saw like, it. I was like, why? <laughs> I didn't really see it, but... Kind of a, uh, a, Mike, a Mike Trout-esque pick, where a lot of teams in that draft had Trout as the second-best overall player, um, but they just picked really late. Oh, yeah, I, I, a, I didn't have a high pick that season, so I can't... At least I'm not, at least I'm not one of those 12 GMs ahead of him that's like, wow, I can't believe I did that. Right, you, regret, you regret that one for a while. Also, yeah, El- Elliot... Elliot went fourth in his his draft class. Uh, oh, yep, I can be burned with that one. You and me both are. Yeah, well, I got Chester Henry, so you, I mean, I can't really kick myself for that one too much. Henry's good, but he's definitely not Elliot. No, absolutely not. But at the time, it's not not egregious. I remember, and it was only my this is my first draft in OOTP online. I mean, it was my first season, really. And I saw the draft class, and I was just like, what the hell? This all sucks. And I didn't even participate in the draft for that season. So the <laughs> AI drafted me. Who was it? Armando Esparza, who plays on Atlanta now. He's like a decent, you know, kind of power hitter, sort of. He's not – he's definitely a bad pick. I had the number two pick that year, and for some reason I just didn't like the draft class, and I didn't even pay attention. No. Yeah, that's definitely the biggest mistake I made as a GM. Now I make every draft. Right, I say you 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 grind it out to the bitter end every year. I usually pack it in after the second round, but you, I like making those late round draft picks. Yeah, yeah I, I need. I That's need, one of my favorite parts of the game. Is trying to find diamonds in the rough, which I sent a few of them to California, so I'm kind of sad about that. But yeah, I think you had this guy. Oh, Anthony Johnston. Did you have him, TJ? Anthony. Oh, Johnston. Yeah, I got him in a trade from a. He was a fifth round pick of mine in like 2015. Really? Yeah, he's, develop, he's yeah, developing well. Yeah, yeah so. not long after I picked him, I was like, wow, this guy was a fifth-round pick. Not I'm bad. trying to turn him into a second baseman. Yeah, I mean. I'm really trying because my with the way my ballpark is set up, it's just power alleys galore. So that gap power that he has, he's going to hit a lot of doubles. Oh, yeah, that definitely, that definitely worked. I, I would have kept him, but I had Chambers. I was like, I'm never going to use this guy. He's going to be a backup at best. So I don't even remember what for. Probably to read. He was in that 2015 draft too. Man, yeah, that draft yeah. was loaded. <laughs> that, was probably, that was probably the season after the one with Elliot, and when I didn't make any picks. Yeah, 2015 was my first draft. Yeah, that was. I think that was the second draft we had. And I got, and, I got uh, push up in round two, and then Martinez in round one. Yeah, I had Chambers in like mid end of the first round, and I think one other guy was decent, and then Johnston in the fifth round. Literally everybody taken in the first round has turned into a all star. I have a lot of guys from I've traded for a lot of guys from that class. Jones, Heller, Lewis, Reynolds, uh, and yeah, Chambers. Yeah, so five guys I think at least That was when you used to have talent coming in the league. <laughs> it's pretty stagnant recently. What was what was that like? It was nice. I remember it. <laughs> Tyler, appreciate you coming on. Uh, hope uh, average luck to the the Patriots going forward. I hope they lose every game. Thanks, Scott. I really that. appreciate it. That's the kind of support. <laughs> Absolutely, Tyler. We'll see you. Thanks again. All right. Yeah. And you say shy.
City. Welcome back to FPRL episode 4, the Gold Sox SL runner-up edition. Um, We're going to talk now about the move to 16. This will be our first season on OOTP 16. 16 brought with it a lot of changes, a lot of new things going forward. Um, Tyler, can you highlight a couple of those changes and what you really like about it and how you think it's going to impact our league specifically going forward? Um, let's see, things specific for our league. Um, let's see, financials are definitely improved. My favorite page is the accounting page, which I was always really surprised at how hard it was to figure out what your budget was. I mean, not really what your budget, because it tells you your projected budget, but all the things that go into your budget was so hard to figure out forever on OTP. And now it really just tells you what you had last year, what your budget to have this year, what you've had so far, what you projected to have this year, and then the next two seasons. I think it just really, it, the layout is so much better. It's so much easier to understand. And also, the extension AI is, and I'm not sure about free agency, but the extension AI is a lot better. There's not young studs just like, give me $3 and I'll stay with you for the rest of your life. It's a lot better than that now. Which it's also a lot, it's a lot cleaner, graphically. The edges are smoother. The little pop-up window. I know uh, you don't like the little pop-up window, but I love uh, the little it, pop-up window. It freaking resets every five seconds. It just—I keep turning it off and it comes back on. Well, yeah, and fix it with a patch tomorrow. So. The pop-up window and the little uh, symbols that tell you what awards they won. I love those. As the league gets older, those would be really cool to look back on, like I don't know, Wilcox and see yeah, all the awards he won. This year, how it gives you red numbers for when a guy led the league. <laughs> yeah, that's that great. That's that's uh, the a la baseball reference there that they yep. have the the black ink yep b ref is my favorite so i, I really dig that and sure. the hall of fame voting the, there's the people in the league can vote in the hall of fame now gms i don't think we did that this year i don't know why well, but the thing is in the game for otp and i don't know if you can change it but you have to have five years after they retire yeah you can change yeah. it you go know, okay. to settings and then options we can change that with brett but i think once uh, the league gets better i think the hall of fame is going to be really interesting yeah, yeah I think we still don't have there's still all the guys who were great are still like in the league as these terrible, fairly ML ready guys like Valentine and uh, Guillermo Garcia. Those guys still haven't retired. Garcia, that's his name. Maybe he didn't retire. Another guy, Don Brown. There's Don Brown too. Yeah, he's, those guys need to retire so we can enshrine them in the Hall of Fame where they belong. They don't want to retire. <laughs> hey, Don Brown did well. Did great for me last year as my backup catcher. Didn't he have a negative WAR? No, he he was with point two wins last year in twelve games started. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he hit two home runs and four ribbies. He was clutch. <laughs> he was clutch. Well, it's because he, it's because he wanted it more. Let's not get into that. Oh, back to sixteen. <laughs> uh, and I I think you know all those things you mentioned definitely uh, going forward. And it's it's really cool. I mentioned in the chat the other day, but it's really cool to see how every year they really top themselves and. At the same time, all of us can rattle off about 10 things that we'd really want to be included in 17. So to have a franchise that really steps up their game every single year and so much more room for growth uh, is very cool You know, as, as this league grows going forward. Um, yeah. So are great, The devs are great. The uh, developers, in case you know what I mean. It's like they're always on the, the forums, you know, chatting with people, trying to figure out how to make the game better. Lots of updates. That's like the, the best situation for a game. 
Yeah, absolutely. And we know I, I I tried to start playing football manager. It's just I don't have time. It's just it's too much. Uh, I'm not good enough at soccer to know what's going on. Yeah, I love the sport. I like watching it, but I I don't. I'm not good with the tactic tactics and stuff. But the, the the beautiful part of that is you can see where where a game can get to the the heights that a game like this can get to. This could definitely get into that and range, especially with the new kids, like people like our age that love the stats and stuff. That's all this game's about. And yeah, more people, and especially think, with the MLB license that they have. Now more, more and more people are going to get into it, which means more money, which means hopefully better de- development. Exactly right. And there's, speaking of money, there's the motivation where if they pump out the same product, um, this isn't like Madden football where people buy the new one every year or used to buy the new one every year. Um, no matter what. Yeah, no, no, no matter what they threw out there. With this, they have a pretty high bar to cross where if they did pump out the same product, because you can still go have fun playing 14 and 15. People will just stick with the, the current one. Exactly. And that wraps up our section on switching over to 16. Now this could only happen to a guy like me. And only happen in a town like this. So may I say to each of you most gratefully As I throw each one of you a kiss This is my kind of town Chicago is My kind of town Chicago my kind of people too People who smile at you And each time I roam Chicago is 